you know, you get a Monday night game and a big stage and thought we had a good week of preparation. I thought our guys, uh, you know, in practice, it was pretty clean, but ultimately you got to do it on, on game day. This is where Wisconsin gathers to talk sports. Packers, Brewers, Badgers, Bucks. The Wisco Sports Show is on the air. Now, here's your host, Grant Bills. You know, last night's game was a bust. There weren't very many enjoyable moments, enjoyable parts of last night's game, but there was one silver lining. There was a West Bend, the silver lining from last night's game. And maybe you experienced this. Maybe you didn't. I bet some of you did. I got some texts in some of my group chats, you know, from my my friends that are sports fans. You know, whenever a big game is going on for one of your teams, group chat probably gets going, maybe a group chat on Twitter, a texting group, Snapchat group, whatever. You're talking with friends. Oh, what a catch. Oh, what a terrible call. Uh, I noticed a lot last night, a lot of pro Joe Buck and Troy Aikman messaging out there because Troy Aikman is just taking a dump on NFL officiating. It was at one point, I think it was before halftime, right when Anders Carlson kicked the ball basically out of bounds, but it bounced off of a Giants player first. So they were reviewing it, and it took a couple minutes, and Troy Aikman basically said, it took us five seconds. It's taking them five minutes. What the hell's going on out here? I love Troy Aikman because he doesn't mince words. He's not up there to provide you know, schematic analysis. He's not crunching the all 22. He's Troy freaking Aikman, okay? He's there to kick ass and take names. I love Troy Aikman. Joe Buck, too, but Joe, Joe Buck, you know, the only reason the Packers fans don't like Joe Buck is they think he hates our team. He doesn't hate our team. He's just, he's always called our playoff games, and our team has sucked in the playoffs for the better part of a decade, a little over a decade now not his fault of course he's called Kaepernick's crowning moments he's called Russell Wilson and the Seahawks crowning moments right that game against Arizona that might have been NBC actually if I remember that one was on at night but you get my point it's America's booth okay you can either agree with me now and you can have fun during Monday Night Football or you know years down the road you can look back and think wow Grant was right this whole time and I resisted I resist what was I doing why didn't I just common sense I get fan is short for fanatic, but let's try to have some rationale here, some common sense. Let's be reasonable. This is this is the Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. Hope you had a good night last night. The Bucks won. There was another football game on, which was kind of nice because I think pound for pound, the Dolphins' loss was worse. The Dolphins were playing a team that was far beneath them. Weren't they like two touchdown favorites? The Packers were kind of a touchdown favorite. Was it like six, six and a half? The Dolphins have expectations. They're chasing a one seed. They're absolutely supposed to win that game handedly. They were supposed to cover, you know, by well over two scores. And they did not. So maybe that took some of the heat off the Packers last night. I also pulled up the Bucks game on my phone last night because I wasn't watching the Bucks, And then I realized it was the fourth quarter and it's close. I'm like, are they really going to mess around and lose to the freaking Bulls again? I got to watch, and it went to overtime because, of course, everything that can go wrong for the Bucks and every mistake they can make and still win, they're going to make that mistake. It's exhausting. Uh, it's absolutely exhausting, but the Bucks did win last night. Uh, I don't really want to talk about that this evening. We're going to react to the Packers and what happened at MetLife at the hands of Tommy DeVito. I don't know what it was. I told you on last night's show, I'm like, the closer we get to this game, the more worried I am. I don't know. 
all signs point to Green Bay. All, every single matchup, every single position group, it's like Green Bay, Green Bay, Green Bay. And the more you think you know with this league, the more you don't know. As I said on Sunday, it's like, I think I know that this team is good and this team is bad and this team is average and this team is good. And then I sit down and I watch the games and I'm reminded that I don't know anything. And the closer we got to last night's game, I just I didn't have a good feeling about it. Now, they still should have won, right, even if it was ugly. A lot of opportunities slip away. So I want to take lots of calls tonight. We're going to react to this game. Thoughts on coaching, no doubt. Thoughts on this player and that player and Jordan Love and you know where do we stand on, on all these different parts of the team that combined to really play an ugly, mistake-ridden game of football last night. So that's tonight. I want to take your calls later on in the show. I'm very excited for the last segment of the show. So about 545, uh, I'm going to give a call to my friend Ryan. Uh, Ryan Giannone is his name. And you're probably wondering, oh, does he, uh, he must cover the Packers. He must host a podcast. Uh, he must be a journalist for some publication that covers some team. Uh, or, or he must talk about, maybe he works for a television station and he talks about this team. Uh, no, he's just Italian. And that's what passes for content these days. So literally just my Italian, my very Italian friend, Ryan, is going to come on for the last segment of the show. And I'm just going to ask him questions about being Italian because I guess uh, <laughs> That's what that's what passes for content in 2023. So I'm very much I actually haven't talked to him on the phone for a while. I'm excited uh, again. Just Italian. No other credentials. He's a big sports fan. But other than just being Italian, uh, that's it. But again, in 2023, we learned last night with Tommy DeVito and his Italian family. That's all it takes. So I went and got my own Italian. Ryan Giannone going to join us. I won't say it like that when we talk to him, although I don't think he'd be offended. He's not the type to get offended. Uh, but I, I don't know. We'll, we'll talk all things Italy and, and his uh, rich culture and, and tradition of growing up in an Italian household. He's going to join us for the last 15 minutes of the show or whatever. 608-321-1670. I'll open up the phone lines here in just a little bit after our first break. And I'm on Twitter at Wisco Grant. If you want to drop me a note, a little comment about something and I can read it on the air. That's a really slick and easy way to be involved with the show as well. I listened to some different post games last night. And I obviously did four hours with Bill earlier today. So I've heard a lot of opinions. I've heard a lot of takes on this game. I'm one of the last people to kind of turn on a mic and and do it. Because most instant reaction shows, podcast shows, they record right after the game. And then there's the morning shows this morning. And then there's afternoon dry, like Bill, middays. And now it's finally my turn. You know, we're we're closing in on a full 24 hours since the game started. So I'm, I'm late to the party here. I've heard a lot of other opinions. And I think most have had a pretty good read on this loss. I don't think anybody has been going too nuts, uh, drawing conclusions that shouldn't be drawn. I I agree with Bill. I think Bill did a really good job earlier today. I think this is a bump in the road. But the car is fine. The driver is fine. I think it was a rough patch in the road. We've been cruising for a long time. We've been road tripping, right? And we've been 75 and cruising on the wide open road on a full tank of gas for the better part of a month now we were due for a rough patch we were due for some construction we were due for a little traffic we hit it i still think the car is fine the driver is fine and i think the road trip will continue and will be smooth once again but right now going through a little bit of a rough patch and this is why i didn't want to freak out earlier on in the year when the packers lost four in a row And this is why I didn't want to freak out over the last three weeks when the Packers won three in a row. Yes, I was frustrated when the Packers went 40-plus days without a win. And, oh, my goodness, I absolutely enjoyed the three-game winning streak. That was a blast. And we talked about how much fun it was and all these individual performers and coaching moments that were great. We certainly celebrated those wins. 
but I didn't want to assign too much value to the losses and too much value to the wins. I've tried to be very chill about the Packers this season. And at any point when we're trying to draw a conclusion about this, that, or the other thing, I said, wait, wait, wait. Let's give it the year. And at the end of the year, I think we'll be able to step back and look at the whole picture and it will make sense. I think we'll understand. It's really difficult with a team like this to to stare at one individual game and try to draw conclusions because then we're staring at a tree trunk, but there's an entire forest behind the tree trunk. I, I think at the end of the year, we're going to be able to step back and look out over the entire forest and have a really good idea of the next steps for this franchise, what they need to do next, which players they need to acquire, which players they maybe need to move on from. But it's really hard to do in the context of an individual game or an individual week, even their best games and worst games. And they got a brand new starting quarterback this year, basically a brand new wide receiver tight end group. They're all learning how to play together. The youngest offense in NFL history. There's a lot to figure out. And I know that folks are tired of hearing about the youth and the inexperience because it sounds like an excuse. I I get it. I totally do. But I'm not excusing here. I'm explaining. The Packers are an inconsistent, inexperienced, up and down unit. And that's shown us very high highs, beating the Chiefs, beating the Chargers, beating the Lions. It's a pretty low lows. Kind of pooping their pants against the Broncos and the Raiders and making just about every possible mistake last night in the Meadowlands against a Giants team that basically also made every single possible mistake. It's not like the Giants played amazing football last night. The Giants made a ton of mistakes. The Packers just made enough mistakes and couldn't execute in crunch time, and the Giants could. That's the reality of this team. Inconsistent, inexperienced, but so much potential. And some weeks that potential is going to come together, and this team is going to look really exciting. And other weeks, something's missing. They're not quite there. And some weeks, it's it's just going to look plain messy, and it looked plain messy last night. I don't even like the idea that this game was a trap game. I was worried about this game on last night's show. I'm a worry wart, so take that with a grain of salt. But I, like, I was worried that the Packers might not have a great showing last night, but I reject the premise of a trap game, right? This is semantics, but I think it's important. A 6-6 six six team, which is what the Packers were going into last night, a 6-6 six six team doesn't get to have a trap game. They just have bad games. You know what I mean? A 13-3 and three team with a great quarterback and a top seed in Super Bowl expectations, that team can have a trap game, right? A, a, a football team like Michigan or Ohio State, they can have a trap game against Iowa the week before playing a big-time rival. Those teams get to have trap games. A, a team like the 6-6 six and six 2023 Packers, they don't have trap games. They just have bad games. This was just a bad game. And again, I'm not trying to make excuses here, but this team is hurt. This team is very injured. They've been without David Bakhtiari all year. I don't even count him anymore. I don't even forget it. Forget about David Bakhtiari, right? Forget about him. I'm almost to the point where I can't count on Jair. I don't even count him. He's played five games this season when really was only great in one, and it was the game they played against Brett Rippon, right? So Bakhtiari, of course, Jair at this point, of course, but I think we maybe underestimated how important Quay Walker is. He's really the one guy past the defensive line that I trust on this team. I don't trust Devondre Campbell. He had an opportunity to make a play in coverage. Tommy DeVito just hung one up there. He completely ran past the ball, couldn't couldn't read the wide receiver, got beat. He's not a great open field tackler. I don't trust Devondre Campbell. I don't trust Valentine, Valentine, Ford, Savage, Knicks. I don't trust any of them. Quay Walker is the one guy on this defense outside of the defensive line that I can actually trust to make a tackle or make a play. He wasn't out there, not to mention he's their leading tackler. 
And no Christian Watson and no Aaron Jones is tough. Okay, that's a lot of firepower and offensive creation that's not on the field. And I like Wicks, although Wicks got hurt late in the game. And I like Dobbs, and I like Tucker Craft, who looked very good again. Like, I like the other pieces. I even like Malik Heath, and, you know, I'm a day-one Samari Toure fan, which isn't looking good, although we had a couple moments last night. Without Watson, without Jones, they're down a lot of firepower. And if you think of an NFL team in an NFL game, like an NBA game, I, I can put this into very understandable terms. So sometimes when you play a basketball game, when you play an NBA game, shots are going to fall. Free throws are going to fall. You're going to get all the 50-50 calls. The offense is going to flow the way that you want it. The other team is going to miss some shots, which is going to allow you to get out and run and score easy buckets in transition. Sometimes basketball is easy. Sometimes the game goes the way you would want it to go. It flows the way you would want it to flow. It goes according to script. And then there's other games where you're not making your open looks and you're not getting those 50-50 calls. And maybe you have a play in foul trouble and the the opposing defense is really tightening you down and they won't let you get to the looks you want to get to and they won't let you function in your offense. Those are the types of games, and they're often playoff games, when you need to lean on your creators. This is why the Bucks traded for Damian Lillard. They're like, we need someone who can create when things are stagnant, when things are stuck. Right? They've lacked that guy. Jamal Murray was that guy for the Nuggets last year, right, in the playoffs. Like, he would get red hot, and Jokic is amazing, but Jokic can't do it all himself, right? When things slow down and things get tight, you need creators. You need someone to create a bucket and get you a bucket where a bucket doesn't exist, where a bucket was not schemed up. Well, football is similar, right? Last night, Jordan Love was not on his A game, and the offensive line was on its heels just a little bit, right? And they were dealing with some penalties, and Dontavian Wicks goes down, and it was a little bit of a slog. You need someone to create a play, create a big play, create energy, kind of create something out of nothing. That's Christian Watson. That's Aaron Jones. They were down both of those guys, right? Which made life, which makes life and, and made life last night really, really difficult. So those two injuries specifically, I think really we saw the absence of those two players last night. Now, I'm not freaking out over this loss. I'm not going to crush Matt LaFleur or Joe Barry to a certain degree today. You know, quickly, we can do Matt LaFleur first. I, I thought he schemed well. Go back and watch the first quarter. Guys, we're open. Uh, on, on the third down, Jordan Love overthrew A.J. Dillon. He overthrew Dontavian Wicks. Matt LaFleur had guys schemed open very similarly to last week, the week before, the week before. Right? Outbreaking routes, uh, tight ends in the flat. It, Jordan Love just missed them. That's not on Matt LaFleur. That's not on the play calling of Matt LaFleur. That second quarter fumble from Jordan Love on third down, Tucker Craft is out throwing a perfect block. He's got the edge sealed. Just run to the pylon, run to the sideline, you get it. Instead, Jordan Love turns it back upfield against an unblocked Kayvon Thibodeau and ends up fumbling the ball. That's not on Matt LaFleur. That's not Matt LaFleur's fault. Go back and watch the second half. Toure is open in the end zone twice. And two times, the throw was just a little bit late. That's not on Matt LaFleur. Jordan Love's got to hit his back foot, deliver the ball. That's on Jordan Love. That's not on Matt LaFleur. And I know everyone's mad. Well, how many Jaden Jaden Reed jet sweeps are you going to run? Well, I don't know. They don't have a running game. They don't have a running game outside of a couple bullheaded rushes from A.J. Dillon. you got to create motion. you got to create some sort of a ground attack. And we all agree that Jaden Reed is their best weapon right now with Christian Watson out, right? Okay. So sorry Matt LaFleur wanted to get the ball into Jaden Reed's hands and try to let him create something. The two-point giver, what a stupid play call. Oh, I don't know. Elton Jenkins and Malik Heath had to make a block each. Malik Heath had a pretty easy block, couldn't make it. Elton Jenkins is your best offensive lineman. You gave your ball to your best weapon in space and gave him a chance. I don't really have a problem with it. I don't want to do the Monday morning quarterback thing. Oh, that play that didn't work? What a bad play call. Eh. 
I thought Malafleur was fine. Jordan Love did not execute a lot of plays that were out there to be executed. Now, Joe Barry, we'll talk about the last drive, and we're going to hear from Matt Lafleur at some point in the first hour of the show. He made a couple comments today, exactly of, of how that last possession went for the Giants. It was way too easy. Looked way too easy. But Rashawn Gary no showed, and Preston Smith no showed, and Kenny Clark for the most part no showed. The Giants' offensive line, and we talked about this last night, abomination. They are awful in pass protection. They are last in the league, and it's not close. It's like the first the first 31 teams, and then there's the Giants, and they're a level below the rest of them. They are awful. And they got two quarterback hits, no sacks, no tackles for a loss. Is that Joe Barry's fault? That ain't Joe Barry's fault. Rashawn Gary, show up and make a play. Rashawn Gary, every six weeks or so, shows up, has a couple sacks in a game, and it's real emotional, and, and, and you know, the Packers hardcores who see everything through green and gold glasses is like, see? See, your apologies better be as loud as your criticisms. I'm like, all right, I love it. And then he goes another month and a half without really doing anything. They needed to rush on Gary or Preston Smith last night to make like a play each, and they win that game. And they didn't even come close. They weren't, they weren't even close. So is Joe Barry perfect? No, but he's also dealing uh, without uh, anyone in his secondary who you can really trust. He's dealing without his leading tackler. And his defensive front, which is supposed to be his strength, his best players no-showed in the best matchup maybe in football all weekend long. So, yeah, you can complain about Joe Barry. We kind of know what Joe Barry is. You can complain and be frustrated, but his guys did nothing for him. I don't put a lot of this game on Joe Barry or Matt LaFleur. Let's take a three-minute break. I want to hear from you. 608-321-1670. Let's talk Packers football. They lose to the Giants last night, 24-22. Wisco Sports Show back in three minutes. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Wisco Sports Show. Hope you're having a nice night. Packers lose last night. Bucks win, but wasn't exactly a, a resounding success. Uh, didn't exactly make me feel a lot better about the Bucks, but we're not talking about the Bucks tonight. We'll react to the Packers and the Giants final score of 24-22. Some of the bad habits from early on in the season coming back, right? Some bad penalties, some gaffes on special teams, some looseness, I guess, defensively. I, I know people are really frustrated with the play calling. With Joe Barry. I thought Malin Fleur was fine. Jordan Love missed a lot of guys that were schemed wide open early on. I thought the game script early on played out like you would want it to. They were living in manageable down and distances. Uh, they were staying ahead of the sticks for the most part. And on a couple third down conversion opportunities, there were guys open. Jordan Love missed them. That's not on Matt LaFleur. And, oh, he ran too many jet sweeps with Jaden Reed. I'm like, okay, well, they don't exactly have a running back right now. A.J. Dillon's a complimentary back. So they're trying to create something that's not dropping Jordan Love back 50 times and throwing the ball into that pass rush into Wink Martindale's defense. And we all agree Jaden Reed's really, really good. Okay, so it didn't work, but I totally get the line of thinking. And on the two-point conversion, like, you give your guy a chance on the outside, Elton Jenkins and Malik Heath both have to make a block. Those are odds that I can live with. Uh, Joe Barry, yeah, the final possession was bad, and we'll talk more about it. We'll hear Matt LaFleur's comments about that. But it's not Joe Barry's fault that Rashawn Gary and Preston Smith and Kenny Clark, that, I mean, there's no show in an amazing matchup against an offensive line that's a total joke. They did nothing. That's not Joe Barry's fault. Joe Barry's not down there in the trenches with his hand in the dirt. Don't put that on, Joe Barry. Players didn't show up. 
And the last drive, yes, of course, Joe Barry isn't perfect, but no one's claiming that he's Fritz Shermer here. He's Joe Barry. We know what we're dealing with. Try to be a little bit quicker with the calls today, just because on a day like today, I like to have, get everybody a chance to to kind of say their piece. Let's start with Denny and Holman. Bet a little bit. Denny, 608-321-1670. Welcome. What's going on? Thank you, sir. Thanks for taking my call. Yeah, of course. What do you think? What did one you think thing, last night? One thing, Grant, mm-hmm. what a train wreck. But here's here's my positive out of it, okay? We are in a division where on any given day, any one of those teams can fall flat on their butt, you Very know, true. regardless. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, it can be against when we played Minnesota. Look at Minnesota. They, they should have got beat. They won three to nothing. Mm-hmm. What a boring game, right? Yeah, no but kidding. I just think that we shot ourselves in the foot, and I'm afraid with Carlson, too. You know, I know he made two field goals, but if you remember, I said he's going to cost us a game, and I I think last night was a good example. Yeah, I I think my fear with Carlson is they play an amazing game that comes down to a kick. And then they lose because yeah. of the kick. I would I would circle a lot of other things before I circled Carlson last night, which makes me right. feel a little bit more okay about their kicking situation. Um, right. But you're not wrong. Like, he hasn't been perfect. He hasn't been totally reliable. I get it. And, you know, that's just like at Thanksgiving, I'm sitting there watching my buddy there, Mr. Van Ginkle. Running yeah. a, another another Miami touchdown. Did you see that? Dude, I, I, so that yeah. was that on was that on Christmas? When was that? It was a it was, it, it was on Thanksgiving. Yeah, and I wanted yeah. to. Oh, it's not. Gone. And Andrew, Andrew Van Ginkle, and it's like I thought. If, I thought if uh, if you could only hear that now, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, well, because, I, uh, I was dumb to say Christmas. Of course, I meant mean Thanksgiving. And I, if you would have been no. on Twitter or something, I would have tweeted at you. Um, but I did think I of know. you when I saw that, Denny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and you know, another thing I wanted to say too is, you know, I'm not jumping on love. I mm-hmm. mean, everybody's due for a bad game. I'm not jumping on the defense, even though they're protect to, to uh, lose a game with Joe Barry, you know, giving those guys all those plays and hearing them say, like on Bill's show today, which I read as well, that we knew they just wanted to get Barkley. So what we thought we'll do is, yeah, we'll just let them get Barkley and we'll just run our offense yeah. and we'll do, you know, we'll do like a uh, universal quarterback, you know? Yeah, and I, uh, you know, it's funny. I got a tweet from Jeremy and Scotty, and Denny, I appreciate you. I, I got to move at a pace today. We'll talk more, and we'll catch up more later on in the week. Jeremy and Scotty tweeted, uh, forget Lafleur or Jones or the O-line. The offense is constipated without a healthy Watson. That paints a picture, but I think that's actually a really good way to put it. It's the second part of this tweet that I really like, Jeremy. He says, defense looked like they had no idea Tommy Burgers would run if pressured. Yeah, that's the thing. The first time that that... Tommy DeVito tucked the ball to run on a read option. They were boned. They were done because they came in. They said, well, we're going to stop Saquon Barkley and make the quarterback throw and beat us. And that worked really well for about a quarter. And then Tommy DeVito realized that, oh, these guys have zero lane integrity. Oh, they're just going to rush right past me and, and vacate the middle of the field. Well, I'll just run. And at that point it was done. It was cooked because this Packers defense, it doesn't matter who coordinates him. doesn't matter the personnel, a running quarterback to them. It's like showing a caveman a lighter. They, they are, their simple brains cannot fathom that a running back might run. And as soon as that happened, the, the defense of Saquon Barkley went out the window. They can't stop the basket. They couldn't stop anything. They went from being able to stop one thing to all of a sudden everything hit the fan. And all it took was something named Tommy DeVito to tuck the ball and run, which is very on brand for the Packers. 
Let's talk to Ed McGuanago, 608-321-1670. What's up, Ed? Oh, not much. How are you doing? Good. You're a little quiet, but I can hear you. You're just a little quiet. Okay. Sorry, I'm getting over the coronavirus. Oh, well, Denny said something similar off the air. I, he probably didn't want me to share that, but you're not the only one. We got a lot of callers under the weather, so our, our thoughts are with you, Ed. Yeah, I'll be all right. All right. Um, I'll try to be concise. I, you know, with the jet sweep thing, I do got to say, because it was driving me nuts, like um, a few weeks ago in the Chargers game, we ran a couple of those sweeps, um, you know, and, and I thought, Jaden Reed did a good job of that, and I looked at my girlfriend and I said, "Why don't we do a reverse off of that?" Mm-hmm. And then he did, and it was a really hey, they got like 17 yards. But then this week it was like, okay, we'll do that two or three times, and then we'll do it seven times and ten times, and just over and over again. And at some point, you got to realize the Giants figured that out three or four times ago, and they see it. They see it coming. I would rather have them just giving the ball to Dylan because you saw yes. it on the last drive where they put screwing around with that jet sweep and reverse and double reverse and they just gave it to Dylan. And he pouted, started pounding the ball. He got an eight or nine yard gain, got the first down, he got a sound there. We got the touchdown, which was great. I thought that was a great drive. And then lo and behold in a two point conversion, I don't know, let's do a jet sweep. <laughs> no, just give yep. the ball to Dylan. Yeah. Right? Um, I would rather see half of those go to Dylan or some more throws. Like, I, I liked that we were going to Tucker Draft and mm-hmm. Samari Ture and the Chiefs. I didn't like that we stopped going to Tucker Craft. He was being really effective. Tucker Craft's a, a player. I'm with you on A.J. Dillon, by the way. I thought that final drive, and I know they scored a touchdown, and Malik Keith, the throw is great, and anytime you have a chance to get points, you get points, right? I'm not saying they scored too fast. This isn't Madden or fantasy football. If you can score, you score. I thought on that drive, give the ball to Dillon, give the ball to Dillon, and if you pound it, four or five yards at a time, take the clock down little by little, and you end the game on a really ugly touchdown, that's fine. Get out of Dodge, burn the tape. We never talk about the game again. They were throwing it a little bit more. Again, I don't have a problem with the jet sweeps, but if I were to make a suggestion, it would not be, hey, let's drop back Jordan Love five more times. It would have been, let's take some of those jet sweeps and maybe do something with A.J. Dillon, because he actually looked okay when he got in space last night. He looks spry. And and definitely with the the last drive, especially because, like, we ended up stopped. We stopped going to Dylan after he had two or three good games, and then threw one to the sidelines. I don't know if it was Dobbs, and he went out of bounds. It's like so, like you're saying, get get those four or five yards. Maybe he just gets stopped on one of those and doesn't get any gain, but it's still taking another. That would have forced one more timeout, you know. And everything's hindsight, but I, I'll say as a positive before I hang up. But mm-hmm. I like the fact that as bad as we played and all the things that went wrong, we still went down there scored on that last drive, and we still had a chance to win despite playing that bad. So I'm not worried about the rest of the weeks moving forward. I think this loss was a good kick in our complaint. Yeah, it's probably a good lesson learned for, for some of these younger players. Ed, I appreciate you. Feel better, okay? Yeah, thanks for taking my call. I have a good one. Yeah, always. Ed and McGuanago, I appreciate you calling me. Um, th- there was a, a slight different feeling. Like, if you compared this game to the Broncos or the Raiders game, I was texting with some buddies. I'm like, this feels like the Broncos game or the Raiders game in that it's going to come down to one final drive. They're one player away from winning and they're going to come up one play short. And we're going to think of all these missed opportunities that came back to bite us. The game ended very similarly, except unlike against the Broncos or the Raiders, Jordan Love and the offense actually punched the ball in. So I, I do put a feather in Jordan Love's cap for that. He started the game very shaky. He made some really bad throws. 
I thought he bounced back and played better in a way in the second half that I haven't seen him do earlier in the year when he started poorly. So that that's good. That's good progress. It, it was very 2008 in that the offense takes the lead and has a chance to win the game, and then the defense gives it up. And I saw a lot of people making that comparison on social media to Aaron Rodgers' first season as a starter as well when the defense couldn't hold leads. Cone Roller is out there on some western highway somewhere, 608 321 What's up, Cone? Grant, I'm on the 60, and one thing about uh, the Packers, one word, execution. Mm-hmm. I just don't think they executed well last night. I agree with most of what you're saying. You know, you can't really blame the coaches too much. It comes down to the players playing. Um, one thing with that final drive, I do think we scored a little too early. Yeah. I, I think they got, they got to a point where they were like, what, 15, 12, 10 yards away from the end zone. And then Jordan Love, it seemed, is like, all right, now we're just going to take shots at the end zone. And I, and I get it. You need the touchdown, and you don't want to mess around. If you have a chance to get a touchdown to go up, you do it. But it seemed like when they got to a certain yard line, and I would have to go back and watch again, they just started taking shots at the end zone, and they didn't need to. They could have ran a little bit more clock, but that's really hard to – it's hard to nitpick when you're losing. You know what I mean? But I, I totally agree. I thought they could yeah. have mixed in a couple handoffs, done something a little different. Yeah, and who thought that uh, whatever Tommy Cutlets would be uh, leading a two-minute drive for the win? Just crazy. Did you think crazy, the Packers crazy. were going to hold him off, or did you think they were going to drive down and get the field goal? What did your gut tell you? After the two, the first, like, two plays on that drive, I thought, okay, they're going, they're torching us. <laughs> yeah. they're they might score a touchdown, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The defense is playing so soft, unreal. And, you know, we're kind of like the L.A. Chargers with our defense. We just are have, like, a suck mentality around it. You can get new players, you can invest capital, you can get new coaches, yep. but at the end of the day, we can't stop anybody. Well, and Mike Daniels, former Packer, I have his jersey, tweeted about this last night. He's like, why is this? No matter the coach, no matter the players, it's it's a defense that's just trying to not suck. It's never a defense that's, like, trying to excel. It's always a defense that's trying to not suck. And I think some of it is personnel-related because they're missing so many guys. But it's Tommy DeVito. You know, you know what I mean? Like, I, I don't think it's unreasonable to have expectations of, of a stop late in a game like that. And, you know, ESPN, Disney, they just really put on a show last night. Was that even football or were we watching The Sopranos? <laughs> Uh, that just kind of got me mad. Yeah, Italian culture is uh, content. Culture is content now. I wish I was Italian. I, I could carry the show. I could just talk about my love for meat and my loud family and how loud we are at uh, at the dinner table. It was a little bit much, but it, if I try to take away my Packers point of view, it was entertaining. It made a game that probably wasn't entertaining for most national fans and gave them an, an interesting thing to pay attention to. So I'll try not to be too jaded about it. Just a little. Yeah, you got to play the hits. I get it. Um, yeah. And last thing before I go, Keyshawn Nixon deserves a lot of criticism today. Ugh. What was he doing on that punt return? Dive on the ball and stay down. Yep. What are you doing? Yep. You're playing. You're playing Tommy DeVito. If you're playing Josh uh, Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes, like yeah, you need every yard. You need to try to make a play. Last night should have been about just not screwing up. Just don't screw up. You're playing against a guy in an offensive line and a team that is down bad. And, and I don't know, Keyshawn Nixon, he wasn't flagged for that hit on DeVito. He should have been. I appreciate you, Cole. Thanks for the call. Drive safe. We'll talk soon, I'm sure. Thanks. Go Pack.
Cone Roller out there on the 10. Is that what he said? All right, one more call, and then we'll take a break. Tony from Texas can wrap up segment number two of the Wisco Sports Show. Tony, welcome. Grant, you know I'm Italian, so I'm going to say this to ESPN. They can bite my cannoli. That was just just (laughs) totally disrespectful to the Italian-American community. But I digress, Grant. You know, Keyshawn Nixon, of course, Cone Roller is all on top of this. He morphed into Kevin King and, and Amari Rodgers in one game. I could not believe it. In one Amari Rodgers and Kevin King in one in, And what's crazy about life and in football, Grant, one week you're the greatest of all time, and then you are a GOAT. And, and that's what happened with Nixon. He was, the, I would say, the defensive MVP the week before against the Chiefs. Yep. And then, you know, he has this just brain fart, brain freeze, I don't understand how these guys are like that. It's so bizarre. But, you know, i got to take a little bit of umbrage with you here on, on the play calling. I do think LaFleur is not to blame. Yes, I thought the play calling was fine. But to keep on running the end of rounds, Grant, they're not playing Rutgers. This isn't the Badgers. You, you, you're going to get stopped eventually. And they did. They didn't. It wasn't successful most of the game. It happened once. Jaden Reed got a nice little touchdown. It was easy. And then – there was nothing there at that end around. I thought Jordan Love was inconsistent in the first half, maybe bad second half. I thought he was solid. I was actually proud of him the second half, yeah. the way he rallied the team, kept his composure, which is probably one of his best attributes, and got that team to score in the last minute. I know Cone Roller wanted to roll more time. They did do a quarterback uh, draw, I believe, to run some clock. But after the drop by Heath, which I don't even know if that was a drop, but they called it a drop. They, I don't I mean, blame the refs for just saying, we're not changing the call. We're going to stick with what it was, and we're going to move I'm on as either. fast as possible. That's it's totally old, fair. Probably the best thing old, to do. <laughs> the old Calvin Johnson rule, fine. Yep. But then Heath comes back, makes the biggest catch of his career, happy for that guy. The guy's happy as hell. And then Jordan Love's excited, but I'm like, we got to get ready for two points. And they ran that play, and you could say, yeah, it was not a bad play. It was, Grant. They should have let Jordan Love try to win that with sure. himself. And that, that's just my opinion. Hey, a couple of things. I know you're up against it. They are set for tight end in the next eight years. Tucker Craft and Luke Musgrave are going to be your, your Mark Schreiber and, and Keith Jackson. These guys are studs, and they're going to be good. The wide receivers, you, you summed it up eloquently. They weren't. They were, they were shorthanded. No Watson. I mean, Aaron Jones isn't out there. They're, they're playing with a shorthanded deck, and they hung in there. I think that shows a lot with Matt LaFleur. As far as Joe Barry, I mean, I don't know what to say. It's just. They just don't have the killer instinct. I don't think Lafleur is scared to hire, like a uh, uh, like maybe like a uh, Quinn or some of these guys that have been head coaches before. He did it with Pisaccia, right? Who's a mm-hmm. personality type. So I don't think that's the issue with him. And Petten was a head coach before, so I don't understand why he wouldn't go and, and get more of an aggressive coach. But you know, we say aggressive, but then when we're over aggressive, we get burnt. Yeah. So yep. I, that. That's the thing with the NFL today, and and you're absolutely right. Where was Preston Smith? Where was that pass rush? Where was Rashawn Gary? You're critical of Rashawn Gary, Grant, and you are absolutely correct about Rashawn Gary. He did not earn his money yesterday. I don't care if Buddy Ryan's that defensive coordinator yesterday. They're going to lose that game, and and it's not because of the coordinator. Grant, I know you love America's booth. We had an Aikman and Buck booth yesterday. Give me your top three NFL booths that Grant Bills loves to watch. He will tune in for that booth. Give me your top three. Well, this is is probably a cop-out, but I like Buck and Aikman number one. Um, okay. I think Tariko and Collinsworth have really found something this year. I didn't think that last year, but I, I, I think Tariko, I got him number two also. I, I've been impressed two. with Tariko. I think he's settled into that. And the night where he had Jason Garrett with him, I'm like, oh, Tariko, okay. So, like, even when you take Collinsworth away, I thought Tariko was really good. My number three, um, gets a little tougher. 
I mean, these are just all just number one boots, but I like I think Nance and Romo have had a good year. I think Romo's been yeah. better this year. I, I Romo catches a lot of flack. I don't you know, I'm, I'm okay with Romo. I like Romo, and I, I'm, Jim Nance is a pro's pro. I had the same exact three for my booth. So um, tomorrow I do want to get into this free agency thing with Otani, yeah. and I want to talk so a little Bucks. Um, you know, I, I've called the Bucks a dumb team, and they are a dumb team. The Packers have an excuse. They're young. The Bucks are a veteran <laughs> team. So, that's very true. Uh, yeah. Oh so God. the Packers broke my heart last night. I couldn't sleep last night, but it's a new day. There's going to be bumps in life. You just got to bounce back, like Denny and Holman said. Yep. It's ups and downs, man. Ebbs and flows in life, ebbs and flows in your football team. So that's it. Pack will be back. We'll talk more. We'll get to know Tony later this week. Appreciate you, Tony. All right, Grant. Talk to you soon, buddy. Yeah, talk to you soon. Let's talk more about Joe Barry, that final drive, because maybe he does deserve a little bit more criticism. I just think the number one story for the Packers defensively yesterday, that pass rush had an amazing matchup. They did nothing with it. And that's not Joe Barry's fault to me. Oh, Joe Barry doesn't know how to use Rashawn Gary. Rashawn Gary's an edge rusher. Go rush the edge, hit the quarterback, do your job. They didn't do their job last night. That's not on Joe Barry. So we'll talk more about the defense. And that last drive, we'll hear Matt LaFleur, what he had to say about it today. It's the Wisco Sports Show. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. Going to hear a comment from Matt LaFleur before 5 o'clock. This final defensive possession from Joe Barry. It just looks so bad. It just looked like they laid down, like there was no resistance for Tommy DeVito and the Giants. And I know that people mad about that. It's a soft coverage playing way off. Yeah, I think a lot of defensive coordinators, we really need to redefine how quickly offenses can move up and down the field. Like a, a minute 20 or a minute 40 or however long was left. The clock is the clock doesn't matter. That's a ton of time. They had two timeouts too. like your play calling and decision making as a defensive coordinator with how you align and, and how you play should have nothing to do with the clock in that situation. There's that's an eternity. So to say, well, we kept him in bounds. Well, first of all, they didn't keep him in bounds on a lot of the plays. What did it? They went 55 yards. Uh, or I guess 50, no, on the final drive, Giants moved from their 25-yard line in a field goal range in 51 seconds. They didn't even use a single timeout. They didn't have to, right? So the ba- the last drive, that's bad. And we're going to hear from Matt LaFleur and what he thought about that final drive and the way that it was played. But other than that, like Rashawn Gary, Preston Smith, Kenny Clark, Lucas Van Ness, those guys did nothing in a matchup that was super advantageous for them. It was the worst pass-blocking offensive line in football. And they no-showed. And that's Joe Barry's fault? Well, Joe Barry doesn't know how to use those guys. I don't know. They're they're pass rushers. Kind of self-intuitive. They rush the quarterback. I don't know that there's a whole lot of usage. Okay, stunts and twists and stuff, sure. But they can't maintain their lanes and their gaps and stay consistent and stay disciplined on normal runs. And now you want Joe Barry to cook them up something convoluted? I I don't see why that would go any better. 608-321-1670. Wisco Sports Show. Who's this? The Grinch. Dave hey, from Monona. I think we got to start a whole new tradition starting today. Every caller should have to say where they're calling from. Okay. So I'll start it out. The Grinch calling from Dave from Monona's toilet. You're in the bathroom. You can call us when you're done in the bathroom. We don't need. We don't need that. Well, you know how many. You know how many wipes it takes to clean up a blind guy's butt. Five. Uh, I suppose. Well, actually, a I'm not. I'm not, not going to follow up on that. We're going to move on. We're not going to talk about that anymore. <laughs> 
We're not going to talk about that anymore. Okay. Anyway, number one, it ends today. Tina from Texas and Cream Corn, they're not young. Stop using these excuses. Yes, they are. No, they're not. Yes, they They are. They have now played 13 games, thousands and thousands and thousands of reps in practice. They're not young. That can can no longer be used as an excuse. They're professionals. They have gone this over and over. You're not, it's like saying a freshman basketball player in September, not come March, it's called a freshman. No, they'd, they'd you're still no longer be fresh- a freshman anymore. No, they're still freshmen. They, they played more games, but they're still freshmen. They played more games. But they can't blame with freshman mistakes because they've played 30 games. This team has played now 13 games. So that that's ridiculous. Now, this team has no heart. Now, that's, I don't blame on, I blame on, on Matt LaFleur once again. That, that did not get his team ready to play. 69 sacks they allowed up, and they did nothing to put any pressure on mm-hmm. put pressure on that quarterback. And then my biggest pet peeve was the final drive. Hey, Matt LaFlunk, why are you going into a hurry-up offense? What the hell was that about? Well, you had plenty of time. Take your time. Yeah. And, you know, because, you know, you were, you were going to be a four-down territory anyway. I mean, but, but give me, I mean but that, that guy just sat back there. I can't remember who the guy muffed the punt. He also got burned for that 33-yard play, whatever it was. Oh, Nixon, yeah. Yeah, Nixon. And you can't have a once again, our field goal kicker, you know, misses a field goal, could have, you know, could have, you know, could have changed the game. And, you know, the two-point conversion, do it in reverse. I think uh, you had only done that about eight times. You couldn't co- – if you're going to do that, do it, from, do it from the end of the center and not the shotgun. I mean, it was – I mean, it was just – Stop saying they're young. This team ain't young no more. They are, they are young. They're still young. They've played more games, no, they're but they're not. still young. Yes, they are. Oh, we're not doing this. I do, Grant, I do this with Bill every day. I don't want to do this. 13 games. What? 13 games they, is nothing. It's not even Christmas yet. 13 games reps. is nothing. But thousands of reps. That's not young anymore. You 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 you, you see everything out for you. What the hell are you doing during the week in film watching? You can't blame going the wrong route or not tackling or whiffing on a play. That can't be blamed on being young. That's I, young I, to, to, play. To, to actually agree with you to, to a degree, I, I don't think it was youthful mistakes that really screwed him this week. I, I think, like, Keyshawn Nixon's a veteran. He made some of the worst mistakes of the day. Like, I, I, yeah. I don't think it was the young guys who were running the wrong routes and making mistakes. I, that's not what I think the Packers' problem was. Jordan Love is young. He, he had a bad game, although I think he bounced back rather well in the second half. He was far they from perfect, missed, but... They missed Christian Watkins. Yeah. That player that that player there, Mr. Mr. Softy, you know, that player there made their whole offense go. They, they were clicking like clockwork. When, when, and now he's out for however long. But, you know, and that tight end from Oregon State, they are very, very, very well missed. When you get Jones back, that, that, should, that should help a lot. But, man, I just... And yeah. I just I'm going really sixty nine sacks, Joe Barry, and you can't dial up anything in the final drive. I mean, they, oh I mean, they didn't, they didn't even come close. The final drive, they didn't even come close. Dave, I, I got to run because I got to get some other calls, and I, I want to play this cut. This is Matt Lafleur talking exactly about what you just mentioned, Dave. This is Matt Lafleur asked today about how that offensive line, the giant, that pass protection unit, which has been miserable all year. Didn't allow a single sack on Tommy DeVito. This is Matt LaFleur's answer. Yeah, it's disappointing. Um, there was a couple where you, you just got to, again, it comes down to getting 11 guys on the same page and everybody doing their, their 111th. 
as I always like to say. And um, when that doesn't happen, bad stuff happens. And it's unfortunate. And, you know, I, I thought, like, for the most part, uh, a lot of times it looked like when he was dropping back, if it wasn't there, he was he was trying to find an exit angle, and he found him. So credit to him and his ability to, to, to do that. And um, obviously his legs really hurt us in the game. Preston Smith and, and Rashawn Gary, they're, they're just like Nick Perry in that they, they rush right past the quarterback and then they vacate their lane and their area and the quarterback just it's green grass to run. And it'd be one thing if those players were good against the run, but Preston Smith and Rashawn Gary are not good against the run. They're pass rushing specialists. And if you can't get to that quarterback against that offensive line in that game script last night, I I, I, I don't think that's on Joe Barry. These guys played like absolute dump. Let's take a three-minute break. We'll wrap up hour number one of the Wisco Sports Show next. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Well, I mean, you wish you would have stopped them. Uh, it, you know, like the first couple plays, they hit two checkdowns. You know, you, you, you're, you're fine with that. And then we're playing... Joe called man coverage, and we're playing way off, which we shouldn't be in that situation. We called another man coverage. That's when we got beat on that that seven cut. We just got to be better with our eyes, and you can't be peeking in the backfield, and you got to keep your eyes on your work. And uh, unfortunately, we didn't, and we got gashed. That ultimately uh, did us in. That's Matt Lafleur talking about the last drive of the game, the game-winning drive for the Giants. Well, what he said at the beginning, that was really poignant uh, when he said, yeah, I wish we would have stopped him. Wow, I hadn't, oh, I hadn't thought about it that way until I'm just hearing this now for the first time, as Donald Trump once said. I'm going to have to think about that. Let's take a two-minute break. We'll talk more Packers. If you're on hold, I promise I'll get to you right after this break. I want to get as many people in as possible today. I also want to play you Matt LaFleur audio. And coming up later, because this is what passes for content now, we're going to call my Italian friend Ryan. And just ask him about being Italian. Our two next. You know, you get a Monday night game and a big stage. And thought we had a good week of preparation. I thought our guys, uh, you know, in practice, it was pretty clean. But ultimately, you got to do it on, on game day. This is where Wisconsin gathers to talk sports. Packers, Brewers, Badgers, Bucks. The Wisco Sports Show is on the air. Now, here's your host, Grant Bills. When I bring up the youth on this team or the inexperience on this team, I'm not trying to make excuses. I'm trying to make sense of what's been a really up and down season with a lot of great moments and a lot of bad moments. Right? So don't look at one game and try to draw conclusions. At the end of the year, or as now as we're approaching the end of the year, we can start to here on December 12th, start to take some steps back and look at the, the season as a whole. When you zoom out, when you stand back and you look at the full thing, it makes sense. It's like, oh, inexperienced team with a lot of potential, but they've dealt with some injuries, so they've had some good moments, some bad moments. Okay. So that makes sense. Yeah, it, it starts to make sense when you zoom out and you look at the full picture. Uh, and I'm not trying to downplay this loss. I'm not trying to say it's not a, a bad loss. It stinks. Um, but I think it's simple. It's as simple as Jordan Love missed some throws. The defense made some boneheaded plays, some boneheaded turnovers, some boneheaded penalties. 
Cone roller said earlier, I think he's the perfect word. It's execution, right? I, I don't think there's some some deep theory or, or or deep issue in this locker room where they were feeling themselves this week and and they they were due for a letdown because they were reading their own press clippings. Like, no, I I don't know that I necessarily even believe that. I bet they did have a good week of preparation. If Matt Lafleur says they had a good week of prep and they felt good about practice, I then I bet their prep was fine and their practice was fine. But they got to the stadium last night and they laced them up and they lined up and they made some mistakes, right? I, I've had great show rundowns. I'm like, man, I can't wait to talk about this, that, and the other thing. And then I just, I kind of stumble over my words and I, I don't execute, right? You've had that where you think you're about to have a great day at work. You got your schedule lined up. You got a cup of coffee, great night of sleep. And then you, things come up, unforeseen circumstance. You're like, man, that ended up kind of sucking. It's not always a bad week of practice or a bad week of preparation or a team that was high on their own supply. They just didn't execute. Sometimes that happens. I think it was as simple as that last night. This is the Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. Coming up later this hour to wrap up the show, uh, I'm going to call my friend Ryan Giannoni. And as I said back at 4 o'clock, you might hear that and you might think, oh, he must cover the Packers. He must work uh, in TV or in print media, and he's going to give us the inside scoop on a player or a team or a game, or he, maybe he hosts a podcast and he's very entertaining. Uh, no, none of that. He's just Italian. Uh, he's very Italian. And that's what passes for content now in 2023. We learned that on ESPN last night, so I'm just going to ask him questions about being Italian. He's going to do it's about quarter to six as the show is wrapping up. 608-321-1670. If you've been patiently waiting on hold to share your take about this game, I can only fit so many people in at once, and I still want to play a little audio and speak a little bit myself. So thank you so much for being patient. Welcome to the Wisco Sports Show. Who's this? Hey, it's Mike in Madison. Mike in Madison. Now, I can't remember, Mike. Were you – we talked last night. Re- refresh me. What was your prediction? What did you think was going to happen in this game, and did it come true, or were you surprised like me? I was very surprised. Uh, I was predicting 23 or 24 to 10 Packers, right. uh, a 13 or 14 point convincing win. Um, I, I want to ask you something though, Grant, have you, I'm, I'm going to go a little Colin Coward on you. Have you ever been at the airport and you're in like seat like 30 a, and you get that upgrade or possibly an upgrade to like that premium economy where it's like row seven through nine. So this has never happened to me. I've never been upgraded. But I can put myself in the headspace of, okay, I've been upgraded. I've been told that I'm I'm moving farther forward to the plane. Okay, I'm, my eyes closed. I'm, I'm putting myself in these shoes. So you're putting yourself in those shoes. you got a little bit of extra leg room. Maybe you get a free drink, right? Oh, hell yeah. Oh, hell yeah. So you can, but you sit in that premium economy seat, and you can still look through that kind of drape that they put across the rows there, mm-hmm. and you can still see those first-class seats. Mm-hmm. You can see those first-class seats, but you're not really there. Mm-hmm. I'm close. But there's still a line of demarcation between me and those who are better than me, at least in the context of this airplane. Yes. That's Joe Barry. <laughs> you think we he's are, even in economy are, plus? You think he's in the middle of the plane? Okay. I do. Yeah, I do think he's there. But I think that there's still a bit of excellence that he can achieve that he's just not achieving. I don't know what he needs to do. I, I believe them playing 15 or 20 yards off the ball is coaching. Matt LaFleur even said it. They were in man coverage. Why is he that far back? Why are we playing defenders like this? It, it's, it was just unbelievable to, to actually watch. And I, I countered up from today. From I believe I countered back to 2018. Players that are still on the team that were drafted in the first or second round on defense and I counted nine and if Joe Barry can't 
grasp these good first and second round defensive players and actually do something with them, I don't believe that's on the player. I believe that's on coaching. Why can why why can he not grasp this? I, you know, we, we throw on the label of first round pick and I'll, you know, I'll borrow a little bit from Vagabond John. Like Darnell Savage is a first round pick. I, I don't think he's good, right? Like well, Rashawn Gary okay. is a first round pick and he's highly paid and I think he's good. I don't think he's great. I, I'll defend Joe Barry in that he's playing a bunch of slaps at corner and at safety right now. And Valentine and Valentine have had moments, but they are not who you'd want to build the back end of your defense around. And he didn't have Quay Walker last night. So yes, I agree. There's problems with Joe Barry. There always have been, but he's not exactly coaching world beaters right now. And the world beaters he does have, they didn't world beat last night. His defensive line and pass rushers, they know showed. But we also can't stop the run. Fourth game with 200 yards plus on the ground. Yeah. So it's just, it's all around. He cannot, he can't, he, he's not doing really anything right right now. Well, I was going to say, but other uh, than that, I mean, uh, it's just, yeah. it's, it's not, it's not impressive right now. Um, and he's, he's going to slip back to coach very soon. So I, I just think that there's more that can be done on that side of the ball. And I think a lot of Packers fans feel the same way. I'm not totally out on Joe Barry, but that's where I think he is. Let's shift to this. Let's shift to uh, Let's shift to uh, Badgers basketball. I just wanted, I, I read a story about how they're, you know, they kept them in the top 25. Uh, despite the you know twenty point loss to Arizona, which I think is and fair. I really, I really like that they did that. They they have five players right now at ten points or better points per game, so they're they're a deep team. They're a really good team, and to reiterate what we've talked about prior, definitely don't sell this team. They're going to go far in the Big Ten, and they're going to have a really good year. So I agree with you, and that Arizona loss, and I appreciate you, Mike. You have an awesome night. Uh, that Arizona loss. While it was bad, and as Cohn told us the other day, like you play that game 100 times, Arizona's probably winning just about every single time. Um, that does not subtract what they did against Marquette and what they did against Virginia and what they've been doing the last two weeks. Like this team has really been cooking, and they got a lot of players that are playing really well. By the way, um, they landed Tyler Van Dyke, the Miami quarterback, out of the transfer portal. I almost brought that up to Dave, but I didn't want to deal with that. Um, I don't know. I'm not really sure how I feel about this one. Uh, I'll have to ask Zach, and then I'll steal his opinion and make it my own with a couple of alterate. No, I would never do that. I, I, I don't know. But they did get Tyler Van Dyke, which I like that they're adding. That's good. Um, it seems kind of like maybe another Tanner Mordecai. It's like, well, he's got a good arm, and he can run, but also he's addicted to turnovers. 608-321-1670, Wisco Sports Show. Who's this? I know who this is. Oh, boy. Joe Barry Tuesday. How we doing? Good. I'm doing good, Vagabond John. Despite the loss last night, it was a little frustrating, and I woke up kind of in a bad mood, but I don't think this loss is the end-all be-all. I'm impressed, Grant. I really did expect to turn on the radio today on all shows and hear callers absolutely ripping in on Joe Barry. But Mike just said it. You know, obviously the dude's flat. Um, he's not the perfect coordinator, but he's saying he can't put this game entirely on Joe Barry. And, this morning, I called the radio show and got the biggest shout-out from Pete and Monona that I've ever got in my life. So shout-out, Pete, you for listening. He called in and said, Vagabond John's the only rational guy calling this show. Uh, so, feeling good. There's, there is, and I've been all over Twitter. I've been in the threads today. There is, it was a lot harder to make arguments to defend Joe Barry last season than it is this season because I think people see a game that's 24-22 to 22 and they understand that the Packers' defense did not give up 24 points. 
No, right? it was I mean, it was you, you know the Keyshawn Nixon the ball fumble on your and own fifteen. Yeah, and well, and Jordan Love fumbled the ball away too. And like we're talking about execution, that Jordan Love fumble. He had a lane to the sideline to pick up that first down. It was schemed for him to run behind the block of Tucker Craft, and he didn't see it. He didn't read it right. He didn't execute it right, and he ends up taking it back upfield against Kayvon Thibodeau and fumbling the ball. So I, uh, there is very little of this game that I'm putting on the coordinators, being the play callers, Matt LaFleur and Joe Barry. There are some things that maybe could have done better, and, and you know, that last drive... I, I don't know. So we're we're angry at him for playing man, even though we always complain about soft zone. I I think the bugaboo is that they're playing so far back and they're playing prevent, but then they creep up a little bit and Keyshawn Nixon gets cooked. So I I do have my qualms with Joe Barry, but we need to be reasonable about what actually happened in this game. And I t- I said yesterday back about John on the show, I said this game is going to come down to whether the Packers can protect, and I think they protected well enough, and whether or not Rashawn Gary and Preston Smith can absolutely obliterate Tommy DeVito because that was what this matchup was supposed to be, and they didn't even they didn't even begin to hold up that end of the bargain. That's not on Joe Barry. Yep, and I know we're on a timer. Just got two quick takes. No, and I just took up a bunch of your time, so I'm sorry about that. If you're trying to use the talent argument, just stop, Mike. You're better than that. I I know you don't think Darnell Savage is a world beater at the position. So we've seen plenty of first-round guys bust. Yesterday, uh, Joe Barry had two guys. I'm curious if you can name both guys. Two guys playing Grant in the secondary that were not practice squad players. Can you name the two guys? Well, I mean, Carrington Valentine was a seventh-round pick. I don't know if that makes him – he might have been on the practice squad at Sorry. one point. Sorry, rookie or rookie, late pick, or practice squad player. Because let's be real, if the Packers' defense oh. was fully healthy, Carrington Valentine would be on the practice squad right now. Sure. So, well, I mean, Jonathan Owens was a free agent signing. Um, From a practice squad. Yeah. Oh, jeez. I mean, are, so one more time. Are we counting the defensive line and the, the, the pass rush or no? Just the just secondary. And the two answers, just because we're in a time crunch, you got Darnell Savage and you got Rudy Ford. Yeah, Rudy There's only Ford, two guys Ford, that played in the secondary that aren't practice squad players. And for the last drive, everybody wants to say, well, why is he so far off? You heard Matt LaFleur say, we called man, that player can't be that far off. That's a seventh-round rookie, guys. Yeah. We're, we're, you're asking a seventh-round rookie to go win a game. That's basically the same as Tommy DeVito, right? Undrafted rookie. Mm-hmm. It's undrafted rookie versus undrafted rookie right now. Uh, second point, why didn't we get any pressure? He only threw the ball 21 times. Mm-hmm. And I want a Packer fan out there to go and find one throw where he threw two seconds after the snap. Every single throw was so quick. That guy played out of his mind. He made one read, and the ball was out of his hand. There are a couple times that Rashawn Gary got a really good burst, Ran right by him, as LaFleur said. I was going to say. Um, but it's not its not <laughs> like he was sitting back there all day. Mm-mm. He made one read. His receiver beat our seventh-round rookie or our undrafted guy Nixon from whatever his fifth team is. Or Devondre and, Campbell. Or Devondre Campbell, who's just not – he just hasn't been right this year, the whole season, just in or and out, in year, and out. Or the year before. But Tommy DeVito played a really good game, and he's won three NFL games now in a row, and he's – big free football so i think you know as much as we want to make fun of italian plumbers right i'm 50 percent myself so <laughs> bobbity beepoo uh as much as we want to make fun of that guy i mean he played a really good game he didn't he make did. mistakes those mm-hmm. sideline throws were actually crispy so it happened last year when we played Tannehill. you shut down derrick henry the entire game and Tannehill has played, plays probably his best game of his career to beat the packers mm-hmm. and it happened last night where he had 
uh, Saquon Barkley averaging 2.1 yards per carry going into the last drive. Until then, Tommy course, DeVito tucked sees- the ball to run a couple of times, and then everything went completely out. The, I mean, the bottom just fell out. It was bad. Yeah. I think I'm, I'm really impressed by the callers. I expected to hear a lot more. Someone needs to get fired. If anybody, yeah. it's Ritz Pistachia for me, or just straight up Keyshawn Nixon. If you're an undrafted guy, I'm sure we can find, you know, plug in Owens again. Why not? What could go worse? But uh, <laughs> that's all I got. Proud of the callers today. Let's keep the positive energies. It's a bump in the road. Yeah. I, I think so. I appreciate you back about it. It's a bump in the road. We've been road tripping now for... A couple of weeks, and it's been smooth interstate cruising, baby. Sunshine and no traffic. And we hit a little, we hit a little traffic, a little inclement weather. So we're going to pull over. Uh, we're going we're gonna to stretch our legs. We're going to take a pee, maybe get a beverage. We're going to wait for this traffic to pass. We're going to wait for the weather to pass, and hopefully we can begin cruising once again. That's the goal. Um, but, I, but I don't think the road trip's been derailed. I don't think the car's been totaled. Nothing like that. Um, I, I think I mostly agree with everything. I think I do agree with everything Vagabond John said. And, and I would iterate to Packers fans today as much as possible. Like, we always want someone to blame. We always want uh, a coach that's not doing their job, a coach that didn't have his guys ready to play, uh, didn't use our preparation time effectively, didn't call the right plays. I think the play calling was mostly fine offensively and defensively. I would wager that the week of preparation and the energy was probably pretty good. Like, I don't think that this team at six and six was feeling themselves too much or, or losing, you know, grasp of, of, you know, keeping their nose to the grindstone or anything like that. I think a team showed up last night and made some mistakes within that 60 minute game. And they made enough mistakes and they didn't make enough good plays to outweigh those mistakes. So they lost. I, I don't think that's because some, some coach was terrible uh, or, or the week of preparation sucked or they weren't ready to play. I, I think they stepped foot on the field last night and they made some mistakes and they weren't good enough. And that happens. So you flush and you move on and you try to execute and you try to be better and you try to correct things for next week. 608-321-1670, Wisco Sports Show. Who's this? Hey, Grant. Clem Head Mike. Clem Head Mike. Now, the game was on ABC, so I thought of you. You would have been able to watch on your antenna last night. It wasn't on cable. Absolutely. I was a little afraid it was going to be the other way around that the Dolphins being on 18, the Packers oh, would be on cable. But in some ways, I'm kind of glad, I kind of wish it was. But, um <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I didn't get to watch because it was my son's birthday last night. So I recorded okay. the game on my little over-the-air recorder, and um, I didn't get to watch the game until like 1 a.m. Finished up about 3.30 this morning, and uh, I knew they were going to lose on that as soon as the Giants started the last drive. Why was Lafleur in the hurry-up offense late in the game? I missed your first hour of your show. So, so we we that. did talk a little why, bit about that. Um, I'm I'm, And what I said, Mike, just to reiterate, and for those who have joined, my take on that is I don't fault the Packers for scoring – they're fighting for their lives in a game that they're trying to steal. When you have an opportunity to score, score. So I, I'm, I'm not worried about getting too cute and trying to run clock. However, it felt like they, they were moving the ball. They were running the ball. They were taking clock, and they were effectively moving the ball. And then they got to about the 10, and they just started taking shots at the end zone. And that I didn't like because they didn't have to do that. So I agree with you on that. Boy, and one thing, they sure are in love with that fade pattern in the end zone. I, yeah. I just saw them at all. And, you know, it was third down, and, and they throw one in the corner of the end zone. And they... they I know it's frustrating. And when did since when did uh, when did Love start throwing knuckleballs? Oh my God, that guy was inaccurate <laughs> last night. Yeah, but, uh, that that trying to you know they were trying to save time on the clock to make sure New York had enough time to run the last drive. That's what it seemed and, like. My wife doesn't watch. My wife doesn't watch sports. She she watched a little bit of Packers with me. She said um, Packers always play really bad against bad teams, don't they? I said, well. They often do, and I, I posted all last week on Bill Michaels' live stream. I said, this feels like a trap game to me, and I yeah. I don't really 
I know last night you asked me what I thought the score was going to be. I didn't want to be negative Nancy, and I just had a bad feeling it was going to be – I wanted to say 20-17 to 17 Giants, but I didn't want to be a, you know, a downer, but uh, – I I had, I had a bad feeling about this game. I got I got more nervous as we as we got closer to kickoff. You know I you know Jordan Love started the game so poorly, uh, and he played a lot better in the second half. And I give him credit for that. And he led the drive to take the lead, which is something he wasn't able to do against the Raiders or against the Broncos when we saw very similar games to this earlier in the year. Well, the one bummer for Jordan Love is I think his best couple of throws, Jordan or uh, not Jordan Love, but Romeo Dobbs had it on the sideline and he bobbled it and he dropped it. I thought that was an awesome throw. Yeah. And then I think he threw a really good pattern, a really good ball to the back of the end zone for Jaden Reed, and he just lost it. And I, I yeah. think if he oh, sticks with it, and, and he's been so good, so I don't want to roll him over the coals, but I think that could have been a touchdown. So just some bad timing and bad luck from the Packers last night too. Yeah, and I got to agree with Dave from Monona. They're not – they've played a lot of plays this year. They should – I know they're the youngest offense in football, but my God, you've seen you've seen just about everything this year. You're – you're rookie. You're young, and you may be rookies, but you've you've seen a lot of football this year. You're not you're not rookies just coming in off the street in your first week in football. You've been around for a while. You shouldn't you should know a little better. Yeah. But that was man. well. And if if our I'm going to call him a Swede because I'm a Norwegian. I don't want him <laughs> on my side. If our kicker had missed, had made that one field goal, um, you know, we would we we would have had uh, what four four point lead at the end or yeah. five point. Yeah, and I look the the kicker is not perfect. Um, he's down the list of of things that went wrong. And I, you guys keep mentioning that the team isn't young, so I'll disagree with you. But I, I understand what you're saying. I also don't think the Packers' issue last night was youthful mistakes. I think it was dumb mistakes. I think it was Keyshawn Nixon, who's a veteran for all intents and purposes, doing a couple really stupid things. It's not like it's his first rodeo here. It's not like he's a rookie. He should know what he's doing. I know. I kept screaming, "Fall on that ball! Fall on that yeah. ball!" Just- you know, quit trying to grab it and pick it up or make three more yards. Fall on the ball. That's, that's basics. You, you, you learn that yeah. in high school. For Christ's sake, I, oh, I, I would have cut him. Yeah, I'm serious. He'd be gone right now. I, I'd be so angry. I'd, I'd cut him and sign him back up for as at, at the league minimum if you want to stay on the team. <laughs> Take a fake cut. Um, I mean, they just don't have bodies. That's the problem on this defense. They don't have bodies. And Nixon was the hero against the Chiefs a week ago, which is why, like, yeah. I don't, again, I don't think this team was, was smelling themselves. I don't think they were cocky. I just think they made some mistakes and didn't execute. And sometimes that happens. And I, and I think Rashawn Gary is going to regress the rest of this year because he's got paid. I just have a bad feeling that uh, his uh, sack total is going to drop. I don't think he was top 10 anyway. And I think they paid him top 10 money, but I don't think he's top 10. And that's, I know a lot of people would really, really vehemently disagree with me, but I don't think he's top 10 uh, defensive lineman in, in the league. But they're paying him like he is. He, I hope he shows me wrong, but I don't think I'm wrong. <laughs> you need to be, uh, and Mike, I got to run. I appreciate you. You have an awesome night. I appreciate you listening up at Chippewa Falls, W-A-Y-Y. You need to be really good as a pass rushing specialist if you only rush the passer. Like, if the only thing that you do is get the quarterback on the ground, then you got to be really good at it. Like, Miles Garrett, T.J. Watt, because T.J. Watt doesn't really play much against the run. He's not, a, he's not a linebacker that roams all over the field. He's a pass rusher, but he gets the quarterback down. Same with Miles Garrett. Rashawn Garrett doesn't play the run. He's not really good at containing the quarterback. The one thing that he is good at on paper is putting the quarterback on the ground. So if that's going to be your one and only calling card, you better do it more consistently than every couple of weeks. And that's kind of been the reality with Rashawn Gary coming off an ACL. Totally. I'm not, you know, totally trying to be a jerk to the guy, but you know, they just needed a play or two from him and, and his fellow defensive lineman edge rushers last night. They got nothing. All right. Three minutes. We'll come back. Let's go sports show. 
This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Wisco Sports Show. Hope you're having an awesome night. Hope you had a good day. Packers loss is a bummer. Um, did not soil my day. Uh, and it, it, my day was made a lot better by, so I do the show with Bill earlier on in the day, 10 to 2. And most of my job throughout the show is to screen the calls and kind of maybe send him things, pieces of news that are breaking, you know, play audio, that kind of thing. But a lot of the, the show, I'm just sitting here listening. And sometimes I agree with Bill and sometimes I don't. And it's like, man, if I was doing the show, I would think like, we just don't always, he sees sports one way, I see sports one way. Today, I was like, yep, 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 yes, yes, yes. It's just everything he said. I'm like, yes, right on. And that made my day go a lot easier because I could just sit back here and be like, yes, I, I co-sign this material. I co-sign these opinions. Um, Bill, not overreacting, saying, yeah, I think it's a bump in the road. I, you know, I saw Cowherd say the same thing last night. I think the Packers are well coached. I think they have a lot of young up and coming talent. It sucks. If Dontavian Wicks is going to miss extended time, that sucks. Um, They're really getting down to it now. Missing Watson, missing Jones. It's brutal. So I I hope they can get some of these guys back because part of the joy of watching this team this year has been watching all these young pass catchers figure it out and seeing them kind of come into their own. And now they're without Musgrave. They're without Wicks. Without Watson, it's like, okay, well, I really like Jaden Reed, but he was getting banged up last night. So um, some of the fun of this team kind of withers away when some of these young, exciting pass catchers are on the sideline and it's up to <laughs> Jordan Love and A.J. Dillon. Like, they don't even have a running game, guys. They don't have an honest-to-goodness running game because it's A.J. Dillon, who had a nice run or two last night. Like, I, I am past the point now where I'm angry at A.J. Dillon all the time like I was earlier on in the year, but they don't have a feature back. They don't have any juice, which is why they're running all of these sweeps and things to Jaden Reed, which I wish they would have ended more successfully. I wish they would have netted more yards and, and you know, move the sticks. But I get the thought process for Matt LaFleur. You got to create something outside of dropping back Jordan Love 50 times into the teeth of a Wink Martindale blitz over and over and over again. And, you know, if he thought that was lateral motion and, and you know, lateral movement with Jaden Reed, I, I get it. You know, it sucks they didn't execute. That's what happened last night. They didn't execute. I don't think it's some deep state conspiracy about how they were reading their own press clippings and they were getting lazy in practice. I don't think that's it. They showed up to a game and they didn't execute. And the other team executed just a little bit better, ultimately. That happens sometimes. 608-321-1670, Wisco Sports Show. Who's this? Yo. 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 You know who it is. Uh, You're going to need to say a couple more words and then I might. It's your friend from the 608. Do I still not know? The 608 is a big place. We got two markets in the 608. Bro, seriously? Show guy? Come on now. I can't. No. Patriots? Patriots? Man, you really got too big time for your own good. What are you talking about? 
New England Patriots fan, morning show. Hello. Oh, my God, it's Brian. Oh, well, you, like, never call. Okay, that's, no, that, that ain't fair. What's yes, up, Simpson? Yes, you should know who I am. Come on now, I know who you are. Well, this okay, if you, would, if you would have talked for, like, 30 seconds, 15 seconds, I would have known. You were not You were not on my radar of callers. You you were a coworker. You were a radio legend. You were an idol of mine, someone I've molded my radio game after, but I don't think of you as a caller, Simpson. Come on now. I love to call you, Grant. You're the greatest. Come on now. I know you don't really believe that, but I appreciate what do you, what do you what, what's your game? You always call when I'm bad mouthing Boston in your sports teams. What, what, do you, what game are you well, running here? Well, 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 first of all, I can't believe you left lacrosse for Madison for a girl. Uh, as a person who's done that mistake before, I can tell you best of luck. <laughs> it won't work out. Um, the job or the girl or both? Oh, the girl. The job will work out. The job always works out because the job always comes first. But the girl, yeah. eh, you know, I mean, I don't know. I've never met her, but I'm sure she's a nice lady, but it won't work out. It never does. I, I appreciate that. Oh, my God. Uh, also, you know, hey, welcome to my world, you know. I mean, Patriots stink this year. Packers stink this year. And, uh, you know, it's just been uh, it's been nice to commiserate with Packer fans who are miserable because I'm miserable. There are levels to stink. Your team, your team might stink a little bit more, don't you think? Oh, they're 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 worse record wise. Um, I think they're worse in terms of the overall feeling about the team. Sure. However, however, mm-hmm. however, we also you know have Bill Belichick, and he may have lost his fastball, but he's still Bill Belichick. You're like the only Patriots fan who's speaking that way about Bill Belichick. I'm glad you have some respect for the man that won you a ton of Super Bowls because the rest of your fan base seems to have lost it very quickly. Grant, if you hit the ball out of the park 60% of the time, you're going into the Hall of Fame, and that should be respected. And I'm just, you know, I respect a man who has hit the ball out of the park that many times. Granted, I know this season sucks. I would love to see a change at head coach just to see what happens. Mm-hmm. However, the guy has been in nine Super Bowls as a Patriots quarter, uh, head coach. I, I, how do you how do you say no to that? I mean, come on. Well, a lot of your fellow Patriots fans are. I have been listening to uh, where's where's Felger and Maz? Which is that Sports Hub or is that the other one? Ninety-eight five, the Sports Hub. They're don't listen to them. They're trolls. They're terrible. Are you I an mean, EEI guy? I'm, no, I'm I'm a sports hub guy. Oh, however, okay. I, what they do what they do is is strictly for you know people to listen, which is be negative. Uh, okay, yeah, that's understand. Yeah, I suppose that's understandable. I mean, if you're look, negative th- all the time and you hate everything and you're and you're anti patriots. And look, Felger's a Milwaukee guy. He's a Bucks fan. He's a, a Brewer fan. I mean, if you're if you're anti New England, then of course you're going to get a ton of ratings because people are going to be mad. It's the Howard Stern model of radio. Everybody knows that. Interesting. What is it with today? Because you're a you're a radio legend on ninety five seven in Lacrosse. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. A little bit. A little bit. What well, what is it with now? Sports talk hosts going elsewhere in the country and talking about teams that they are. I, I don't you think you should have to be a fan of the teams you talk about. This is an issue in Milwaukee now too. Uh, I don't know. You moved to Madison. I, I, you know, I mean, I, I, I went to all the UWL games, and where were you? You were nowhere to be found. Not, I don't talk about UWL that much. I had Drew Kelly on a couple weeks ago. It was great. It was good content. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. You had him on for good content. You didn't have him on because you care about UWL. That's not true. Grant, I know your game. It's ridiculous. You make me sick. That's just not true. Um, anything, <laughs> else, anything else before I let, before I let you go? 
No, no. I wish you the best of luck, Grant. I like listening to you. I'm sorry I don't call more often. I appreciate that, Simpson, and I uh, thank you. Have a good night. I do recognize your voice. You are not on my radar as someone. You've called two or three times, and it's mostly to troll me when the Celtics or the Patriots do something. So, no, I would never forget. Simpson, I would never forget about you. Uh, Morning Sickness on 95.7 The Rock, the sister station to uh, JJO. Also, I just, Rock does not. I'm I'm a softie. I just can't get there with rock outside of a couple bands. So sorry. Sorry, Simpson. But thank you for calling. Please call more often. It's always a, it's, it's more of a treat when you're not gloating about one of your teams beating mine like the Celtics. All right, one more call, then we'll take a break. Wisco Sports Show, who's this? Eric on I-90. Mm. Eric, you're familiar with uh, the work of Mr. Simpson on 95.7. You're familiar, aren't you? Actually, I'm not. Actually, I'm not. You're not a rock. You're not a rock man. That's fine. I... I, I am a rock fan, but I, you know, I'm just addicted to sports talk radio. So I mean that, you know. Good for you. Uh, Vagabond John stole my thunder. Stole it. Okay, uh, we'll build on build on what he started. Then I, I want to hear. All right, this quarterback was coached. Had some excellent coaching this week. I believe that they probably used some sort of shock therapy because that guy. Had like three plays on his wristband, and every one of them, if it was a pass play, it was one a count of one or two. You're either throwing the ball or you're running. That's what he did the whole night. He rope a dope that Green Bay defense. They figured out I can't get there, and that's why they slipped that last drive in. All right. So I I don't have a problem with that. I, I think Brian Dable does a very good job working with quarterbacks that are that are lesser or even with Josh Allen like I think he's great at at working around the weaknesses of a player and he did a really good job it's just the Packers defense did nothing well last night they gave up yards on the ground to the quarterback and the running back they gave up yards through the air I you got to take away something against a guy like that something not everything I don't think they, I, I don't think they were prepared for that quarterback running like that I really don't um the pass that he threw were were crisp Hey, the Vikings should take a look at this guy, right? I mean, you know, I mean, I guess he's not going anywhere this year, so. I like that guy. I like him a lot. I'm a fan. I I think there's lots of promising things about this Packers team, but all these young, fun pass catchers that I like are getting hurt, and it's annoying me. Do you know how close you guys were to this being a totally different conversation today? Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. It would have been a different – it was like so – so close. It, you know, if they don't make that drive, you're talking about how well coached the Ballantyne brothers were to, like, jump over the guy and not touch him and then pick up the fumble because they knew it was a fumble, right? Mm-hmm. Nobody knew it was a fumble. Mm-hmm. Those guys just played until, right? And they would have been like, Joe Barry's the greatest. And Jordan Love did that. And Jordan Love did give you the drive you needed. I have to say that That's for the true. guy. He did. You know, it's just the way the old boss. I don't like New York Giants. I don't like them one bit. I don't like them. Well, they've only bounced us out of the playoffs a couple of times in my lifetime. It's basically all these NFC teams. They've kicked us out of the playoffs. Eric, I got to go. I have a special guest coming up. Is there anything quickly you want to pass along before I let you go? You're our last caller of the day. Uh, Nothing quickly, bud. So you guys have a great day. (laughs) I love you, Eric. I appreciate you. Drive, Drive safe on your nothing quickly. All right. At least you're honest. Let's take a five-minute break. Wisco Sports Show back after this. 
This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Wisco Sports Show. Thanks for hanging out tonight. Thanks for listening. Try not to be too negative, and I don't think we should be overly negative, at least, about the Giants beating our Packers last night, 24-22. to It's ugly. Lots of mistakes. But I, I don't know that these mistakes or that, you know, these pieces of ugliness in last night's game, I don't know that they're symptomatic of, of bigger issues. I still don't know that the Packers have their defensive coordinator of the future. Although I, I don't know that there would be many defensive coordinators that would excel at a super high level with this team, especially with all the injuries and Sewell Douglas got traded. I still don't know if that means that Joe Barry's the guy of the future. Um, Rich Bisacci, I tend to trust, although he's been kind of given the keys to the kingdom. He's been given a massive contract and he's been given a lot of players specifically for his special teams and they still haven't really delivered, but also they got a rookie kicker. So he's battling that as well, trying to make that work. Um, I, I don't think that last night's loss and, and all of the, the different pieces of this loss that were ugly, I don't think there's symptoms of some larger issue. I, I think the team has been a good week of preparation. I think they showed up ready to play and motivated in prime time, and I, I think they just failed to execute. Um, and, and see here, Matt LaFleur said something along those lines in his postgame press conference last night. He's like, oh, I thought we had a good week. I thought... They just didn't make the plays on the field, right? The coach can go all over the right things in film study and the players can see the things in film study and they can practice the things and they can drill the things into their head and they can be ready to do the things on the field. But sometimes you just, you flop. Sometimes you fail. We've all studied for a test really hard that we thought we were going to do well. And then we just didn't. We just choked. Um, I, I just think that they failed to execute. And they made some really boneheaded mistakes. Keyshawn Nixon especially, which is such a bummer because he was so good against the Chiefs. And a reason why they were able to beat the Chiefs on Sunday night is because um, he made that interception of Patrick Mahomes. I um, I, I just, I, I don't know. I, I just don't think it's that big of a deal. They're still in the seventh seed. They're still in the playoff race. A rebuilding team. It's not like they're, they're gunning for the one seed. This is what Matt LaFleur said. What mistakes stood out to him most? Maybe this will kind of give us an insight into how Matt LaFleur sees last night's game. Yeah, we, there was mistakes in every, in every fa- phase. Um, you know, we had a turnover on punt return. Um, that w- You muff a punt, you got to just stay down, cover it up. Uh, we had a couple penalties, although the one I, we got to get clarification on from uh, – Anthony Johnson clip. I, I mean, I don't know. I, I, we just got to get clear clarification from the league so we can coach that better. That so really we really never want our players to uh, commit a penalty or coach them to commit penalties. Um, but I thought that was a tough one. Um, and then the other one, you know, it was we we miss hit the punt, and Rudy is flying down there, and it looked like. I mean, he's trying to push his man into the returner, and the returner, I don't think he saw him because I've never seen a returner fly that fast. He almost hit Rudy. So, and I know he's got the right of way. It was one of those just freak plays that, you know, uh, certainly there was no malicious intent there by Rudy. Um, 
So it's just one of those things that happen, unfortunately. That was a really bad luck play. And I saw a lot of people on Twitter. It's like, well, what do you want Rudy to do? It's like, well, I understand. I understand. It was a really unlucky play, but still. The returner, as Matt LaFleur said, he's got the right away. Uh, and that just ends up being a really tough luck penalty. But a good reminder, right, as you're screaming down the field, you got to have a little bit of a little bit of awareness on where you're going and who you might be about to crash into. All right, coming up next, we're going to wrap up the show. This is going to be a real treat. Uh, we're going to be joined by Ryan Giannone. He does not cover a team. He's not host a podcast. He doesn't have a blog, a sub stack. He doesn't work in TV. He doesn't work in radio. He's Italian. And in 2023, I guess that's what passes for content. So I'm going to call one of my best buddies who is as Italian of a person as you will find outside of Italy. Ryan Giannone joins us next on the Wisco Sports Show as we wrap up the show. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Wisco Sports Show. Last couple of minutes, man, I've been looking forward to this all day. Last night, uh, it was the Tommy DeVito show. And you might have been thinking last night, well, what makes this Tommy DeVito so special? I was asking the same question. He's Italian, which in 2023, I guess, is a big deal. So I put on my uh, my producer cap, my guest booker cap. Normally, I wear that from 10 to 2. And I uh, got into my Rolodex, and I scrolled through my Packers guests and my Brewers guests and my Bucks guests, and I scrolled down the alphabet to the letter I, Italian. Uh, and the man in my Rolodex, one of my best friends, Ryan Giannone. Ryan, welcome to the show. It's a pleasure to have you here, a real-life Italian. Wow, this, uh, you know, this this is an honor. You know, it's been a while since I've been back on the show with you. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, you know, I, I'm glad to see that you're also, you know, making my culture a little bit of a comedy relief here, just like the national media. And, uh, yeah, it's just uh, it's something. I can't really put my uh, my – my thumb on it with this whole Tommy DeVito situation, but I don't like it. I don't. I don't know if I like it. You don't like your culture being turned into content? Is that? What, it sounds like what I'm. I'm hearing. Well, I mean, pretty much. I mean, they parade him around like he's just this show pony, and he's really not that. I mean, just an Italian dude. I mean, he's probably a lot like me. Like to go under the radar a little bit, uh, you know. But it, those that get to know me, I mean, I like to think I'm a. I'm an all right guy to be around, but they make this guy out to be uh, the second coming of Christ, and I, I just don't get it. So your grandma and grandpa now, they came directly from it. That makes your second your your second generation, your parents' second generation. Do I have that correctly? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, they came through Ellis Island, um, the whole Giannone family. They settled down in Chicago. Um, all They had seven, seven sons uh, and one daughter. Uh, one of those sons happens to be my father, uh, the Silver Fox. Kenny Giannone, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, then uh, he, you know, he, I mean, that was uh, all at the table. It was all those guys and, you know, the occasional female there. Uh, you know, they would all talk Italian. I had no idea what the heck was going on. I mean, what? I was a little kid, and I was always mesmerized. Yeah, what's it like growing up in a household like that? That's got to be a lot. Well, it's pretty much a religion. I'll say that. So when I see this stuff on TV, you know, talking about Tommy DeVito, and they got... You got Joe Buck with the the animated cartoons, and they're making fun of the food and all that. No, it's the real deal. I mean, I, you're eating for eight hours a day, it seems like. You never really stop eating. You go from three dishes, then you go to after. You got your, your, your dessert.
desserts, then you got your wine and coffee, and then you just drink and eat and drink and eat and repeat it the next day. Is that the best part of being Italian, or what do you believe to be the best part of, of your culture? I would say the best part about being Italian is when you see someone else that's Italian, you guys just automatically click. Uh-huh. You guys know what's going on. Like you, look, you can just look at the guy. You could really honestly just kiss him on the side of the face. Yeah. And they'll get it. They'll understand. Yeah. And uh, he'll be like, oh, you're Italian. I'm like, yeah, I am. How would you know? And, uh, no, I would just say pretty much just, you know, when you're obviously outside of the big families, because typically Italian families are big families, there's that togetherness that's not only in your own family, but with everyone that you can share a culture with. Uh, so who are some of your Italian heroes? Who, who do you look up to? James Gandolfini, when he was still alive, sure. uh, we'll just name that one right off the bat. Uh, Sopranos is just absolute beautiful show. Now, now I, mean, I, pretty... I, I took a quiz, a BuzzFeed quiz earlier today to figure out which Soprano character I am, and I got Sil. I got Silvio. Do you have a character that you, or is it, or is it James Gandolfini, Tony himself? No, Christopher Moltisanti. Okay. I loved uh, Christopher. He was he was great. Um, you know, obviously. He, fell into his own hard times but yeah. that's neither here nor there that's just sopranos that's real life no spoilers you know it is it is italians um, go through but, it just uh, like everyone else yeah i would say outside of that my uh italian heroes would probably be my nono my uh grandfather for those who don't know he was uh you know, he made the chicago tribune for uh, making his own wine in chicago fought in world war Two. came over he's probably my hero i'd say uh, you know, looking at it, uh, and then uh, you know maybe uh, uh, ex Chicago Bulls coach Vinny Del Negro. I think he, <laughs> I think he was a uh, coach at one point in time. But no, that's that's about it. Really you, you, you mentioned World War Two. You're you're no no. Do you think it's unfair that Germany and Japan get all the shine as the World War Two villains? And and we, we for the most part in this country we don't mention Italy. Well, yeah, it was the the three axis. The Axis powers, the three of them, you know. So I feel like Italy's the 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 little guy and all that. But you know, they they had a lot to do with it. I guess they maybe were kind of for, they had their hand forced a little bit, and they were you know made to be in it. I guess, but sure. I don't know. I think so. At the end of the day, like they it does get a little overshadowed. You know, there, there's a lot of Italian depictions in media. You know, you mentioned the Sopranos. I wanted to ask you because maybe you had some insight into this. Why was Anthony Junior sure. such a prick? You know. I think he was just a very stubborn, entitled, selfish person that had, had everything handed to him. And I don't think it matters what culture it is. Okay. That happens to you and you don't bring it up. Sure. As uh, you don't bring your your kids up to be in the, you know, the right way. It's going to happen. Yeah. You know, and uh, Tony and that, and, uh, they, and Carm, they tried their best with him, you know, yeah. but just came out to be a, a piece i'll oh, say that they're trying their best just like parents when i i hear you ryan uh, ryan giannoni he's a good italian buddy we're just talking about italian things as an italian can you follow the plot of the movie the departed i always get lost about halfway through i can yeah there's a lot of things that i can probably do that you you're not so fortunate to be able to do sure. and that's okay yeah. <laughs> it's uh it's maybe an italian thing i don't know but i think our differences no, I, bring I, us together in that way we fill in each other's holes and our, our weaknesses and strengths well right i mean you've been around my family too and uh you know there's there's a lot of intricacies that i would say that 
Italian families do that we don't even notice with like talking with our hands or our filling words. Like there's a lot of things out there. So, but that's the best part about it. And, you know, that, that, that completes our friendship, I'd say. Well, uh, well, Ryan, I, w- I wish we had another 10 minutes, but I do have to go here uh, in about 60 seconds. I have so much love for you and your culture. Thank you for uh, giving us a little bit of insight. Cause I think we're all curious about Italians after what happened on Monday night football last night. Yeah. You know, and, uh, I, guess, I wish Tommy DeVito the best. I wish they'd give it give it a rest on, uh, you know, kind of making it a huge deal and let the kid play, but it is what it is. But it thanks is for having is. me, Grant, and uh, we'll uh, hopefully see you soon, buddy. Salute. Nice to talk to you, Ryan. All right, take it easy. Yeah, take, take it easy. Take it e- That's uh, Ryan Giannone. I appreciate him doing that, sharing a little of his uh, culture with us. Tommy DeVito. I mean, they're putting the, the weight of an entire country on this guy's shoulders. That's not fair. Uh, that's about it. Uh, I don't think the Bucks play tonight, so I don't know. Go watch The Departed. Maybe I'll try again tonight. Appreciate Ryan. Follow him on Twitter. Just retweeted him if you need more Italian content. Have an awesome night. I'll talk to you tomorrow at 4.